Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's a blowout. Eighth inning, 10-3. Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits on the three-all He swings, and it's a high-fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. Today is a guest episode, and I am pumped for this one. I hope you all are as well. This year's rookie class is one of the best uh, in my recent memory. And today, Bobby Witt Jr. of the Kansas City Royals is about to join me. What an absolute stud. He's having an awesome year. He does it all. Great defense, has some pop, really, really fast. And he's just an absolute stud. So I'm excited to talk to him about his journey to the big leagues, which was quite unique. And uh, now how he has adjusted to the big leagues and has turned it around and is having a great year. So without further ado, let's welcome him in now, Bobby Witt Jr. All right. And I am joined now by absolute stud left side of the infielder, shortstop mostly, a little bit of third base, stud rookie Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby, thank you so much for joining me, dude. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Excited. You, you know, it's cool. I, I remember meeting meeting you at the Futures game, like, I don't know, it feels like it was like a year, a year ago, and said, hopefully soon we can get you on the show. And here you are doing big things in the big leagues. And and, and now we're here, which is pretty cool. So, hey, I, w- I wanted to start going back a little bit in your life. Um, your dad was a big leaguer for 16 years. And h- how do you think that has helped you in your baseball career and, and helped you fall in love with baseball throughout your life? Yeah, it's kind of been everything for me, just having him always by my side throughout my baseball career, starting when I was four or five years old and just knowing what he did, that was kind of always a goal of mine, just to, I want to be a big leader. I want to be a big leader. And so just having him is, I I say, it's like, it was like having a cheat sheet with me throughout growing up. He always pushed me really hard and he wanted me to be the best that I possibly can be. And he knew that, that I could do some things in this game. And so he was always pushing me hard and wanted me one, nothing but the best. So he's truly like a role model for me. And like, he's kind of, he's the reason why I'm playing this game. And he's the one that kind of made me fall in love with the game. I'm always, growing up like instead of watching like cartoons or whatever we're watching a baseball game so that's kind of how I fell in love with the game and it just just kind of made me who I am you were born at like the end of his playing career so did you know like growing up for a while that he was a major league baseball player or did it take you a little while to be like oh wow that's pretty cool yeah I think just as long as I can remember that that's when I knew he was a baseball player. I don't know when it was when I was four or five, just whenever you could think at that, whenever it was, uh, but, uh, from, I don't really remember this, but in 2001, he was with the diamondbacks. Like my first, I guess, baseball, mm-hmm. baseball moment was they won the world series. And so I was in the, in the parade and I, there's a picture of me with the world series trophy. So at a young age, wanted to be a part of championships. So it was cool just to see that. Mm, and that's so, so cool. Ever, yeah. How, how old were you in 01? 
I was one, so it's pretty easy to remember my age. You just got to know what year it is. I'm so disappointed in you for not remembering that parade. How dare you? Um, yeah. So, you're, like I said, it was a 16-year career for your dad, but he was a pitcher, and obviously you're not. Uh, you're a position player, you're a hitter. What, what went into that decision for you? Was it just you were always better at hitting, or what made you not want to be a pitcher and become a, a hitter? Yeah, growing up, I was always – I played short, played infield, and so I was just always loved being a part of the game at all times. Like being a pitcher, you throw every every couple of days and stuff, so I knew that I just loved hitting. I loved just being in that action and just being on both sides of the ball, being able to play each and every day, play every game, and just go out there and try to help the team no matter what. And so that's kind of – at a young age, I felt like that. that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be – playing defense and hitting and so uh I pitched a little bit throughout high school and everything I kind of closed but after one inning that's kind of <laughs> arms started to hang a little bit so that's, that's about all I had love that so you and your, your your family and you are really close and you have three sisters and my question for you because I have no idea how that works it's just me and my brother and that's the only thing I've ever known growing up playing baseball but being around three sisters was that like how was that? Were they trying to get you dressed up in their clothes and playing their games? Or were you like, I'm not dealing with you guys. I'm going to do my thing. Uh, kind of a little bit of both. I always kind of <laughs> did my thing. And um, they're always, it's kind of like having three other moms with you. And uh, so they always were there. They're actually always pushing me too to be the best that I can. So it's been great to have it, having them. And then now they're all, they're all married and they're all married to baseball players. So it's oh, kind of wow. crazy how, my dad kind of told them, don't ever, don't ever date a baseball player. They're crazy or whatever. And then now, now they're all three married to him. And so it was pretty cool <laughs> to be able to see all them play. Two of them played in the big leagues. One's kind of on the way up, uh, James Russell, Zach Neal, and Cody Thomas. So it's, it's really cool. Now we have a good little foursome golf group too. So just having them, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. That there's the biggest benefit right there. The, the good oh, goal yeah. foursome. I've always, uh, <laughs> it's always funny to hear that because I've, I've always said this and I've been in enough locker rooms in my life. I have said, if I have a daughter one day, she's not dating a baseball player. It's just not going to happen. So it's really good to hear that my words are going to mean something and she's going to end up dating a baseball player someday, no matter what. Um, oh, so yeah, no doubt. you end up going through high school, a great high school career, one of the best players uh, in the country in high school, and you get drafted second overall. Your dad was third. Has that been a topic of conversation? It has to have been at some point. <laughs> yeah, literally right after it happened, my mom kind of, shoved me she's like hey you beat dad and so that's that's one one thing i got him and another one was uh this year whenever because he has one big league home run and it took me like a couple games to get get my first one and my mom was always like hey you got to catch dad hurry catch dad <laughs> so it's, it's always a friendly competition competition in the family but that was something that kind of always sticks to me right whenever that happened my mom was just like hey you beat dad so it's kind of kind of cool what was draft day like for you? I, I love hearing guys' experience because no matter whether you're drafted in the 40th, the 20th, or the 1st, it's always a really special experience and something that's always dreamed about. So what was your draft day experience like? Yeah, so kind of it was different because we were still in the high school playoffs in Texas. So we were still playing, and we had uh, like the state tournament. So we had this two games left to win state, and so – that morning I, I woke up, we went eight, went to the cages, hit a little bit, me and my dad. And then there was like a camp going on at the high school. And so kind of just 
said hi to all the kids and everything. A bunch of teammates were up there and then kind of went back to my house and just kind of just waited, waited to see. I was very, I was very antsy that day. I didn't know really what was going to happen. And then, um, so right when the draft started, uh, I had like an earpiece in. And so I heard, um, Rushman was taking the number one overall. Mm-hmm. And so I like, I heard that like probably a minute before the pick was actually in. And then right as I hear that, I get the call from the Royals. And then that's like, it's like that movie moment. It felt like I was in a movie whenever it was happening. I get chills still thinking about it once I see the name pop up on my phone and answer it. And they say, you ready to be Royal. And it was just, it was incredible. It was just like dream come true right there. And like, you, you never really, that was like the first time I really had like tears of joy. It just went through me and it just, an excitement so it was it was awesome that's really and cool, all my man. team all my teammates were there uh family friends everyone so it was really cool all right so you didn't have like an earpiece in while you were out at shortstop or something the game had your your high school tournament hadn't started yet yeah no 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 yeah <laughs> i think that was a tuesday or monday and we started on thursday all right that makes sense but it would have been so cool if you were yeah. standing out at shortstop with an earpiece in. <laughs> one, one second one second i was just drafted second overall guys so <laughs> the timing of your draft was really strange because of covid so you get drafted 2019 2020 there's no minor league season and it's kind of a really weird time period for you just trying to do your thing in professional baseball your first professional experience was in the Arizona Fall League, which is nuts to think about. It's the best of the best in minor league baseball, and you're you're starting your career and just immediately thrown into that. What was that transition like for you, and, and what was it like being told, hey, you're going to the Fall League, and that's where it's going to begin? Well, at first, it started kind of just the AZL, whatever, there. And right. then during COVID, I actually got invited to the uh, summer camp. And so... Uh, I got to be around all the big leaguers and do all that stuff. Oh, that's cool. And so, which was really cool just to be around them, pick their brains and just see what being a big leaguer is like. It's kind of like a spring training 2.0. And then after that, that stuff happened. And then I did the uh, alternate site. So I was there facing our top prospect arms each and every day with, with some of the guys, Nick Prado, MJ Melendez, Kyle Isbell, a bunch of guys and yeah. facing Daniel Lynch, Jonathan Heasley, all, all of our top guys. And so it was really cool just to be able to face those guys. And I feel like it was almost like a jump because I probably would have started in low way there, but yet I'm facing double A, triple A big league arms throughout yeah. that whole summer. So I kind of got the benefit of the doubt throughout that. And then actually I was supposed to go to the fall league that, that fall, I guess, but it actually, I didn't end up going just because if I've got, oh. I got over like 300, 400 at bats throughout, cause I was able to do oh, that wow. alternate site and, and then right whenever that alt site ended, we had like a fall league out at Kaufman. So we got to play at Kaufman. There gotcha. was 40, to- there was 40 total guys that did that. And so we just played games against each other, got to do it at Kaufman. So that was, that was really cool. Just kind of what the Royals did. And I felt like I, that that was huge for me. I know I wish everyone was able to do that during COVID, but I was able to get a lot at bats against a lot of good arms. And I think that kind of helped me and it was no pressure game. So it's just go out there, just, if you're trying to work on things, do that, and which was, I think, it, it benefited me a lot, and so it was really good. So maybe that ended up being, you, you know, you never want to say COVID was a blessing in disguise, but maybe the timing yeah. for you ended up being a blessing in disguise because you just get thrown into the fire, basically, and it's like, hey, I, I'm not going to go through the whole ranks and start facing, you know, low A guys or short season guys. I'm going to be facing the best of the best arms in the organization prospect-wise, which turns out to be really beneficial for you. And 
I, I always wonder this because for me, the biggest jump in my career came from college to professional. And, you know, college, you would see a lot of, you know, big loopy 12-6 curve balls. And you don't really see that professionally. It's just a bunch of 90-mile-an-hour sliders, which are no fun. So what was the, the adjustment like for you? It was hard for me from college to the pros. You did it from high school to top prospects in the professional organization. What was that adjustment period like for you? Yeah, I think it just started with getting comfortable with myself and just knowing that um, this is the game that I've played growing up my whole life and knowing that it's just it's still the same game. It's now you're bigger lights, bigger stadiums, and you're facing you're facing dudes. So biggest thing was just kind of timing, just getting ready for that 95, 96 and making sure you're able to hit that slider or whatever it is. And so it's just a lot of work that we put in beforehand and that's like preparation before the games and that stuff. That's what the Royals do great, kind of developing us and just getting us ready for those type that arms and those game situations. And like I said, just during that COVID time, it was like that that stress-free plan. So we're facing these guys, but then we're also not marking down stats, but we're seeing how many at-bats we know how we're doing and stuff, but still it's just going out there and just, just learn, learn your body, learn what you need to do to get ready for a game. And then just go out there, have fun and perform. And once that able to just have fun playing this game, that's when everything is just, you go out there and just be you and be, and then that's whenever I kind of learned it. That's who, that's who I am. I just got to go out there, have fun, get my work in before the game. Cause I think the work before the game should be kind of the, the hardest thing you do that day yeah. because you just want the game. You just want the game to be fun. You just want the game. All that stuff you do beforehand should lead you up to the game and you should just be ready and just kind of just, you can't really be thinking about, Oh, I need to do this with my hands during the game. At that point, I think the pitchers already defeated you. It's, it's a battle when you get up there and it's a grind. So you just got to be ready and just put the work in beforehand and just get you right. Yeah, I was thinking a lot at the plate, and that's probably why I'm sitting here right now because I thought just a little bit too much, and you can't think uh, in the box. That is that is for sure. So your minor league career was uh, it was definitely different. It was very short, though, but it was good. And next thing you know, this spring training, you end up making the team out of camp. You become a big leaguer. Talk to me about the moment that you found out you had made the team and you were going to be a big leaguer. Yeah, so it was kind of, I think it was the last day of spring training. And so I was in big league camp throughout this whole camp. And so I was like, am I going to make it? It was just in my head. I was like, am I making it? Am I not? This, that. And then, um, so, and guys would kind of come to me. It was like, have they told you anything? Have they told you anything? I was like, no, not yet. And so the last day I get called into skip's office and uh wit mary fiddles in there salvi dozier and uh yeah i think those three were in there and i kind of saw wit had a camera his camera hold up and i like looked at it and i was like uh oh this this could be the moment right when that happened skip started talking to us and he's like congratulate like it, i don't even remember what he said i just kind of blanked out and so at that time it was just i was that was the second time I think I had tears of joy going back to that first moment. But yeah. And so just being able to share that moment with those guys, Salvi in there with this big smile, give me a hug. And just, it was, it was incredible. It's like I said, those movie moments are, they're real life. So it was awesome. 
That's really cool. So you walk in, you see the camera, you're like, this is either really good news or Wit is just the meanest jerk of all time and he's filming me <laughs> getting sent down. Um, yeah. Salvi, Salvi's a great, I had Salvi on the show earlier this year and he's just like the nicest human being of all time and works so hard and uh, he's, he's got to be a good role model for you to see how much work he, I mean, he's a catcher that when he's healthy, he's playing every single day, which is wild. Yeah, he's just—he's the kind of guy when he walks in the room, he, everyone looks at the room and see what see what Salvi's doing, and he's always doing the right things. He always got that big smile on his face, so he kind of just—he's—he's he's the light in the room, and so it's really cool just to be able to just sit back and watch how he works. He's one—he is the hardest worker, one of the hardest workers on the team, and just how he—he's dealt through some injuries this year, and just how quick he comes back, and just how motivated he is just to try to stay on the field and just help the team win. It's it's incredible. And so just the way he talks to all the, the young guys on the team, always motivating them, always wanting them just to go out there and just play the game, play the game. And just, he's, he's been, he's been, like you said, a role model to me. And I think to all the young guys that are coming up now with the Royals organization plays the game the right way, plays the game hard. And he's just, he's leaving it all on the field each and every night. And he just, he has fun with it. And so that's just, it's so much fun to watch and be, be able to be a teammate, a teammate of mine. Who was the first phone call that you made after you got that call, after you knew you had made the team? Who's your first call? Well, at first I called my mom and I think she was getting my hair done, her hair done or something. <laughs> so she didn't answer. But then, then I called my dad. And so he answered. And I guess like five minutes later, my mom called back. So I got to talk to both of them. So it was really cool. And then I had texted in our little group family message. And so they're all pumped up and texted my girlfriend and everything. So everyone was uh, very, very excited. And they're just, I don't know that they didn't really have any expressions to kind of tell me. It's just kind of like that, that moment you don't really know what to do. Yeah. You don't know what to do. Awesome. You just cry and everybody's yeah. happy for each other. It's so cool. You've been through, you, you've gotten to experience a lot of cool things. You, one of the best high school players in the country, you get drafted as the second pick um, you do a lot of cool things in the minor leagues. You go to the Futures game. At what point along your journey did you think to yourself, oh, I, I could be a big leaguer one day. This, the potential is actually there for this to happen. I think it's just always been a goal of mine since I was young. And I think in high school, kind of kind of clicked whenever I committed to a college. And so thinking like I committed at such a young young age, knowing that, now that that goal's checked off the list, now it's now the goal is to try to be a professional baseball Where'd player. Where'd you commit? Get drafted. University of Oklahoma. You did, okay. So yeah, so parents went there, sisters went there, so it's kind of kind of a layup for that. And uh, <laughs> so committed there, uh, going into my freshman year of high school, and so then after that, it was just kind of I could focus on playing baseball. Didn't really have to worry about the recruiting and everything. And the next goal was to get drafted. And so after that, that knowing that that was achievable at some point, then that that's when it kind of switched to gears. Like I want to be a big leaguer. And so, yeah, first of all, you got to get drafted, but also you got to kind of work to be a big leaguer. And I think at that time, that's whenever it was like, there's a chance I can do this. And then just seeing other guys, guys that grown like junior, sophomore, junior year, playing with some older guys and then seeing them get drafted first round and that stuff. I was like, okay, this is, this is more an attainable goal. So let's keep, keep working for that. And then that's kind of when the, the flips flip switched and so then started getting after it yeah so you end up becoming a big leaguer this year which is so cool and 
You know, you were a big time prospect and there's, I'm sure, a lot of pressure on you to perform. And, you know, the beginning of the season probably didn't go as exactly as you planned. It's obviously turned around and you've had a good year. But what was that adjustment like for you going from the minor leagues, spring training to becoming a big leaguer? How how difficult was that adjustment for you? I think it was... I think I kind of made it harder on myself just because I wanted to go out there and perform right away. And yeah. this game, as you know, it's a part of adjustments. You got to, you got to learn to deal with failure three out of 10 times you're a hall of famer. And so it's just knowing that it's okay to fail. You're going to learn, but you just got to know that you got tomorrow. And then after tomorrow, you got the next day and just taking it day by day, just put, like I said earlier, just doing your work early in the day, your early work, whatever it is to get you prepared for that for that game and just getting in the right routine. And then just whenever that happens, just go out and play the game. And once I learned kind of just to do that and just go out there and just be Bobby Wood Jr., play with a smile on my face, have fun, that's whenever kind of things I start, think started to click. And I think the best thing for me with this year was to struggle, was to fail. If yeah. I think that will better my career throughout the rest of my career, I think that that's one of the biggest things, one of the best things for me, just because you learn so much by failure because you don't, you hate fam- I hate failing. I hate losing. I hate, I hate doing that. And so it just makes you want to work even harder just to not do that. But then also whenever you do those things, whether whatever type of mistake it is, that kind of jot it down, knowing that you don't want to do it again and kind of learn from that. And that's, I think, being the biggest thing and that just getting in a good routine. I think this, that's a big credit to you and it can sound, um, It can sound easy to people listening when you say, like, when you struggle, just take it day by day. But um, I'm I'm a great example of it not being easy. I would let an 0 for 4 turn into an 0 for 8, into an 0 for 12, just because I'd start bogging myself down and really getting frustrated. And I I would hit those struggles, and it would take me a long time to get out of that. So being able to to just go day by day and say exactly what you did, but actually do that at the level you're at is um, a massive reason I think you're going to be a stud and, and for your success this year because you learned how to handle failure. And that's a very difficult to do in baseball when you're failing seven out of ten times and you're still considered an all-time great if you're doing that. So um, kudos to you there. It's a very difficult thing to do. Do you remember a point this year where – it all clicked for you and it just turned around and you've, you've, you've had a really good year now, but it didn't start that way. So was there a point for you that you look back on where you remember it clicking for you? I just kind of think just with, I'm trying to like when the opening day started, everything was kind of going up and then kind of down. It's just trying to limit that how far I'm going to go down. And so I think after we played, uh texas i struggled against them going home got to see family all of my family friends like 200 people in the stands didn't <laughs> didn't play the way i wanted to but then just like after leaving that leaving that last game in texas just kind of looking back at the old because i got the new stadium the old ranger stadium that's the game i used to grow up used to, the stadium i used to grow up going to games watching games and i just kind of looked at the stadium going by and i was like man came came a long way from doing this I I, that's when I was going opening day with my buddies growing up when I was 10 9 years old just having a blast like this is this is a kid's game just go out there and have fun and just don't worry about success don't worry about failure just play the game I get to play in the big leagues and I'm 
worrying about whether I go four for four or zero for four. I just got to go out there and just make this game a joy of my life. This is this is my dream come true. This is this is the top, and I want to just perform. But also, I just I want to enjoy it too. So I really at that moment it's like I got to enjoy this year. I, I I'm not getting getting this year back. I'm not doing this. And that's kind of something my dad said and some other guys said, like you get to be a big leaguer for, I don't know how long your, your time is. And at, at the oldest 40, whatever years old, you're mm-hmm. done. Baseball, baseball is going to continue after you're, you're done playing. So might as well enjoy it while, while you got the time. And so at that moment, I think that was kind of a little, a little click for me. And so yeah. after that time, it just like, just go out there and enjoy the game. Yeah, it's it's a grind, but you got to work for it. And the work is work is the fun part. And so I just I really enjoy it. And I just kind of been blessed with blessed with that, having my dad, my parents, great support group, my friends, family. And so it's been it's been ever since kind of then. It was all it was fun all before then as well, but just kind of took off after that a little bit. And I obviously wished maybe could have done things better throughout yeah. even after that, but still you that's what failure is all about you you learn from failure and you take the good learn from the bad and just move on i mean i think i think you're going to be better in the long run for going what you went through because it's probably really the first time you struggled in your life at the game of baseball so to be able to learn a lot about that is a good thing tell me you didn't have to leave tickets for 200 people you you didn't have to do that right uh luckily my dad's an alumni with the rangers so i was able to (laughs) good He's able to get some tickets, but I leave a couple. But it was great to see all the, the family, friends. So it was it was really cool. Whenever I came to the plate, my first at bat, and heard quite a, a lot of fans. And so it was, it was nice. <laughs> That's sweet. So you're part of one of the best rookie classes. I mean, it's it's incredible. You got obviously Julio Rodriguez. There's Jeremy Pena, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, O'Neill Cruz. I mean, you. The names are incredible here. Tell me there's like this 2022 rookie group chat going on and everybody's like, Hey guys, we're so good. Tell me that's happening. <laughs> no, it's, it's not happening, but I, I've talked to we, me and Hulu. We have the same agency. So mm-hmm. I've, I've known him for a little while now. So we talked back and forth, uh, looking forward. I think they're coming out here a couple of weeks. I'm going to try to do a little Jersey swap with him or something. Just kind of do that but yeah it's it's a lot of fun being able to play against those guys uh jeremy pena great player julio doing what julio's doing and then uh, even steven kwan just seeing him play out in cleveland play him a lot so it's just it's great to see all these rookies what they're doing and just even the guys we have on our team we have about six seven rookies out there so it's just it's really cool to see not not the game changing but just a young young group kind of coming up so it's, it's a lot of fun not to, not that I have any pull or any contact, but I got, I'm going to put in a word and get you that Julio contract, all right? That's going to come down the pipe here, <laughs> here very soon. Um, Father's Day this year, you got a card. Tops Now made a card of you and your dad, which was so cool to even see um, without really knowing you yet. It was, it was cool to see that. And I think you surprised your dad with it and, and he didn't know. So what was that moment like where you see the card and you got to share that with him? Yes, it was, it was awesome just to be able to, he did, he kind of knew it was happening because he's, he's, a, he's an agent. So he's my agent. So he kind of discusses <laughs> the deals and stuff with tops and stuff. So he knew it was in there, but he didn't really know what picture and stuff it was. So it was really cool to be able to do that, share that. And Tops was able to do that for us. It was, it was a really cool moment because I think there's a couple other cards that we're both both on, and but just being able to see that one and 
the picture from the debut was really cool. And I'm a card collector myself. And so it's, it's one I, I got saved away. Did you, so now we know who it is that bought the Mickey Mantle $12.6 million card that just sold, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> One of those cards is on eBay right now for 10 grand, by the way. So I might have, it's one of two, by the way. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to snatch up one of those. That's really cool, man. So, uh, what I want to, I want to do something cool with you here where it's, it's going to be the Royals rookie report card via Bobby Witt. So at any time this year, sometimes you guys have had eight, nine rookies at a time on this team, which is wild. So it's a very young team. It's a very exciting team for the future if you're a Royals fan. But I want to do Bobby Witt's Bobby Witt Jr.'s Rookie Royals report card, where I'm going to ask you different things about rookies, and you're going to tell me which rookie on your team fits there the best, okay? So gotcha. who... On your team, this is all rookies, is the best leader of the group? I would say that's kind of a tough one just with everyone kind of – we don't really have like a crazy vocal leader out of the rookie group, mm -hmm. but we also – we all kind of lead by example in that way. And so I think that kind of just comes down to whoever's leading that day or which, which person kind of not performing well, but – who's doing the things in that game that's helping us win. And so everyone kind of just builds off each other. And that's kind of like a different, different, that's what makes our group. I think so special. Everyone's a leader and everyone just kind of goes out there and just, just does it. And once one person does it, I think it helps another person. Once another person does it, just kind of keeps spiraling and just makes it better for everyone. So I don't know if that really answers the question, but I, I got to put a little bit of all it of doesn't. the above. Is that it, one of the, it doesn't one of the at choices? all. That doesn't answer. I'm going to pencil you in for that one. So Bobby Witt <laughs> Jr., the leader. Uh, okay, funniest. Um, I'd say Vinny Pasquantino. ODU guy, humor. by the way. Same school yeah, as I yeah. went to. I know him. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's got that dry humor. Got that bad facial hair. So yeah, I'd say him. <laughs> got the bad <laughs> facial hair. Okay. Sorry, uh, sorry, Vinny. The weirdest. Um, I don't know. Uh. I'm gonna go with, dang, that one's tough. We, weird in a good way. It doesn't need. It doesn't need to be a bad. Yeah. One. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I I think people would say that I'm the weirdest, <laughs> just because of just things I don't know that I do and say, and sometimes like words don't go well with me, and I just mumble <laughs> or whatever. That, and then I I also say Benny too because he does some different stuff whether it's just when he's in the cage, takes two swings and he's done for the day or whatever it is. So it just kind of, he just, uh, I don't know. We got it. We got it. We got a funny group. So it's, it's, these are some tough ones. Uh, best looking. Um, I don't know. Other than I'd say maybe myself, uh, <laughs> then no, I don't know. I like Kyle. I don't know if Kyle Isbell's really in the, the rookie group. He debuted last year, but I'd say because he has the he's got the nice arm sleeve tattoo. He's got the uh, rat tail hair, got the beard. He's kind of got that tough tough look. I like I like his style and everything. Okay, I'll give it to him. The smartest. I know MJ might be mad with that. The smartest, I'd say uh, Michael Massey. Okay, very smart. He's always uh, listening to books, reading books. Uh, writing down stuff so i 
University of Illinois. I don't know if he was a graduate or not, but smart dude. All right, two more for you. The fastest. Um, I guess just from what I've seen, maybe me. I don't know. I, I think that's fair. You're top, you know, in the top of the league in stolen bases. So I, I think that's fair to say. Um, yeah, MJ. MJ likes to say he's one of the faster ones. I say he's one of the fastest catchers out there. And so, <laughs> that's yeah. fair. All right, so you there, last one. The best hair. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I got it. I'd say I I do a lot to my hair, and so uh, I'd say I'd say myself, not to just brag on myself, but uh, might as well why I can't, right? I don't know. So what are we what are a we calling of- that, Bobby? Is that like a mullet? Is it good flow? Is it where are we here? It's a little wet right now. I'd say. It's kind of, I'm going with a mullet, and so, okay. but it's a little different because it's longer on top. So I like to kind of slick it back. It's getting long right now. Um, the girlfriend, I don't know how much longer she can deal with it, and, uh, but I, I, I like it because I, I wear a lot of hats and I don't like the hair on the sides, and so also can style it up a little bit, and so I just kind of, kind of make it, make it fun. Business in the front, party in the back, and so I don't know. My my dad had one. That, some sometime when he was playing too so it's kind of just bringing back the old look and now all the guys are going back to the tight pants also stuff my dad wore yeah so it's just kind of everything's kind of coming back in a circle all right so peak bobby witt senior on the mound and bobby witt jr at the plate what's happening well, if I don't, I heard he was a little effectively wild. So if I don't get hit by a pitch or walked, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I'm. I think I'm getting him. He's gonna probably go. Probably some high fastballs. Either get on time with that, and then he'll try to go with the slider down the way. So I'm either gonna walk or maybe just a little double in the gap, right center or something. So you just got to look out. I, my brother and I had been talking about this our whole life, and we had never really faced each other on a baseball field. And he had continued to say my whole life, if I ever face you, I'm hitting you right in the ribs. So that could be a potential. But if not, yeah. take it from, in my my instance, the younger sibling. Uh, but you, the younger, you know, you're obviously the younger because you're the son. But I think you're going to take him deep. And I think we'll have that in common. So he didn't hit me in the yeah, ribs. He threw me a heater. And hit it out. I've seen that video. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I got it playing on loop sometimes when I when I yeah, need it to happen. Yeah, I just missed him this year. I got hit in the hand the day before we we're facing. I remember him. that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh, I want to face. Oh, do I want to face him? I wanted to face him, so but it didn't really work out. Who's been the toughest pitcher? And you don't need to give anybody too much credit here because I know you don't want to yeah. do that. But so far, who who's been like? the toughest at bat for you so far. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, faced uh, Duran from Minnesota. He's sewing 100 mile power splitters now, so that's <laughs> that's different. Um, I think when I think when I faced him, he was up to 103 that day, and I saw two curveballs and then a fastball. So 
that. And then just these closers pretty solid. So you got to just hopefully just be on time and just be ready and just battle at that point from the, whenever that starter comes out, those bullpen arms, they're, they're coming after you. And so you just got to be, got to be ready. And then uh, Duvall from San Fran was really good. Yeah. Um, hundred mile an hour Logan cutters. Webb. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Class A. Yeah. All those guys, those guys. Yeah. So just, just grind mode. There's a lot of guys and you just got to just think about put the barrel on the ball and let it fly. And so once you put the barrel on the ball, they're, they're providing the power for you, those power arms. So just let it, let it happen. It's funny to think about for you because what, like three years ago, you're facing like 80 in high school. And now we're sitting here talking about a hundred, a hundred mile an hour splitters and 103 mile an hour fastball. <laughs> That's great. So, all right. Hear me out here, Bobby. This is an important message for you because I know on Twitter you're very vocal about your love of Whataburger. And I am just here to tell you that In N Out is better. Yeah, I've 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 had it back and forth. I feel like just at Whataburger, you can just Whataburger, whatever, however you want to say it, Whataburger, Whataburger. Yeah, I, don't um, I feel like that's something you can have each and every day. You got the breakfast, you got the honey butter chicken biscuit, you got all the other ki- types of burgers. You got the sweet and spicy burger. You got the chicken strip sandwich. I can go on and on. Yeah, I see that. You can have that. You can have that every day. But then you go to In and Out, you're just getting the double double. You got one option. The fries are all right, um, and so it's just. I feel like you got just more variety at Waterburger. But I, I'm not saying I'm not knocking In and Out. It's a great burger. I, I think but we I, could submit this for like a Whataburger commercial. That was that was very well said. You know the whole menu, like the back of your hand. I'm assuming oh, yeah. you've had the whole menu. So I think you're a yes. great spokesperson there for them. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So before we wrap up here, I just want to to get you to say a message to, to Royals fans that are listening. And we've talked about it. There's so many rookies on this team. At, at Sometimes you have eight, nine, ten rookies. Um, it hasn't been a great last few years for the Royals, but the potential seems to be there. So to Royals fans listening right now, what would be your message to them and about the organization as a whole? I just think that we have a great group. We have a great support group uh, from the fans and not only the fans, but the the staff that we have, they're all, they're all rooting for us. And we know that we want to put the work in. We're going to get better each and every day. And like I've been saying, learn from our failures. And that's the biggest thing for us. Like, as much as I hate losing that I think there's winning to come. And I think that there's the group that we have, it's just such a special group where they all, they all want to win. And so once we all buy in together and I think this team's got something special to come. And so I'm literally looking forward to what's next in this chapter. And it's just kind of, like I said, day by day, get better each and every day. And everyone just is buying into the, to the team. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Bobby, you're a freaking stud, and it's been a blast watching you this year. So, uh, first off, thank you so much for coming on here. You're forever a friend of the pod now. I appreciate it. Uh, come back on whenever you want, and thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All I right. like the shirt, too. Appreciate that, dude. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> All right, keep killing it this year, man. Thanks. Thank you. All right, see ya. All right, I just wanted to thank Bobby Witt Jr. for joining me. What a stud and just great hair. That, that's what I, I came away there just realizing, wow, this dude has fantastic hair. I also came away realizing that he is an 
awesome human, a great dude, and an easy guy to root for. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was a fantastic conversation. Uh, Thank you all for listening. This one has been a lot of fun. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast anywhere you're listening. Just hit that subscribe button, Flippin' Bats Pod, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can even watch every single episode on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod. But thank you all for listening. I will see you tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace.